Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And a wonderful day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and we are in the Questions About Heaven podcast. It is February uh, the 5th, to be exact, and just within a handful of days, I'll be back on the road, heading out and traveling, and I'm looking so much forward to being able to see you and a lot of my dear friends along the route. You know, we prayed, if you take a look at the tour map on our home website, one of the things that we prayed about was this year I'd be able to reach out to the West Coast. Last year, our circles of travel stayed pretty much within the southeast and then up into a bit of the northwest in the Pennsylvania area, no further. But then we wanted to make our circles getting bigger and bigger, and as the Lord would have it, I'll be in California, and then I'll be in Arizona and in Colorado this year. Uh, There'll be plane flights. Uh, It'll be a bit more of a travel than the old car can take. But I'm looking forward to that. Today, we're going to be talking about heaven once again, obviously. As you know, we've been going through the Revelation edition of our talks, and we are all the way up into Revelation chapter 19. I'll get back to that later on today, and I'll be downloading some other podcasts this week, taking us up into through uh, Revelation chapter 19. Just a couple of announcements, but the biggest announcements right now are to let you know that, hey, uh, I will be back on the road every weekend between now and March, and then after a two-week break to be with my family for uh, my daughter's uh, spring break from college, and traveling around and going to see uh, just some wonderful areas and just a chance to relax and recoup. Then I'll be back on the road in through May, and right now it looks like uh, the summertime is starting to fill up little by little, but if your group, your church, your camp, your gathering would like me to come, then now's the time to talk with me. Uh, As it is, uh, it looks like September is starting to fill up here, and I would love to be able to come and see you, and that's what's happened with the different groups. As you know, uh, in one place I will be speaking, as I told you in the past, uh, I had a Bible study, uh, and then we had a service in a Midas muffler shop. Another time over in South Carolina, I actually met with a group in someone's garage, And so this year, I'll be meeting in a bakery. That's going to be this coming Sunday in the afternoon over at the Sugar Shack Bakery, a community Bible event uh, on Seashore Highway in a bakery. And then later on uh, in the following week, I'll be having a Bible study at a coffee place, coffee shop, a roastery, the Rebel Roastery. And so, uh, listen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a sanctuary. It doesn't have to be a church. But if it is, wonderful, wonderful. I would love to be able to be with you. Contact me at brad at theheaventour.com. Brad at theheaventour.com. As a matter of fact, why don't you go over to the website, which is theheaventour.com. Take a look at the travel map and you go, hey, well, look, if you're over here in this area, in this date, we're right down the road. Why don't you stop by? And uh, I usually tell people, if you can get, get a gathering of 10 or more people who will commit to being there, then contact me. Let's get it rolling. What I want to do today is, though, is I want to talk with you about when we talk about heaven, and we're talking about the final steps of living in this life and the brevity of it, really. And as I uh, I am 64 years of age and looking back on how fast it seems 
that my life has just been accelerating, especially in these past years. And dear friends of mine who have gone on to be with the Lord and left this mortal coil, uh, I think of my uh, one of my spiritual mentors who was my age when I committed my life into the full-time ministry and he walked me down the road into spiritual maturity and study, Don Hudson, who passed from this life my age. He was uh, exactly my age and he passed away due to complications and uh, is now in eternity in uh, the presence of the Lord. I think my mom and my dad are both in heaven. My oldest brother has been there over a dozen years now. And it just seems like yesterday I was talking with him and just some very, very near and dear friends who I see one by one. My uh, wonderful uncle uh, who lives over in Europe and then he passed away. I was just given the news just a, a couple of uh, days ago. And uh, we just see these just... Uh, the, the realization, I, would, I was going to say shock, but no, not really. But as we see these things, we realize, you know, there's no questioning as to, hey, why did this happen? Everybody goes through this. And until the beauty of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 15, John 14, the harpazo, the taking away of the children, and those in that generation or at that event will not taste of death. But until then, uh, death is going to be a reality for everybody. So when we see somebody in the hospital in their waning hours, when we find somebody who would be in an emergency room after an accident and has just a limited time, when we see somebody near the end of their life and as a believer, or we, you're listening to this right now, and you are also facing that, then how do we know? How do we know that uh, God's faithful? I mean, the studies that we've had about heaven are absolutely amazing. I mean, think about it. In On the new earth, in our eternity, uh, Revelation 21, 27, nothing will defile there. Think of what that means, nothing. Revelation 22 and verse 3, there is no curse. That, that includes a curse on our body. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 53 through 57, say that affects our body. We have an incorruptible body, an immortal body. Friendships. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19, recognizing people, rejoicing with people. And oh, uh, also, I mean, Revelation 22, 4, seeing God face to face, being with him, being in, in the joy of the Lord, Zephaniah 3, 17, and how the Lord will rejoice with us, sing for us, laying out a, 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 his menu of foodstuffs, uh, Isaiah 25 and verse 6, the best of the foods toward us, and feasting. Uh, it, Jesus himself says this in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. And the words that describe our eternal destiny for the believer, I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 25, the joy of the Lord, that's one description of eternity with the Lord. Joy, Luke 16, comfort. Okay, when we see these things, this is nice to know, but I'd like a little bit more of a guarantee. You know, uh, when I was in junior high, as you know, and I've shared with you, and, and not too many details, but I do want to share this because it's pertinent to our time here. Uh, whenever my mom remarried on the rebound very quickly, and she married uh, my stepfather, who was a, not a Christian man. And as we know, we, we witnessed to him up to the point where he has physically threatened us. I'm not going to go into detail on that. But through those years, we found out, you know, just many shocking things. And I think my mom did too on the commitment that she made in one particular time when we moved, uh, you know, from 
you know, this quaint uh, Pennsylvania town. And then he took us all. We moved into the slums uh, uh, down in the eastern shore, and we literally did live in a decrepit house. Christmas came along. The one highlight of the year for us after the devastation of, you know, uh, this this quick marriage and we're living, uh, you know, in, in a smelly, uh, uh, just non-insulated uh, house and, you know, just a lot of things I don't want to go into. But the highlight would be Christmas. I mean, you know, what can go wrong at Christmas time? And uh, my mom realized, you know, the, the, the trauma that we kids were going through, the six, uh, you know, junior high and just moving into high school um, kids, the Zockel kids. And so uh, she went around and asked, what would you like for Christmas? Now, like, like I said, we were poor. And I had looked over and there was a flea market and they had a little uh, bit of uh, photography equipment. And I was always interested in photography. And I happened to find out that these people would uh, be able to sell this photography equipment for less than like, I mean, five, six bucks and it was a pretty good, it was a very established, you know, little photography. And I was going to make a dark room down in the cellar of our little decrepit house and have some fun with it. And I had a friend who knew something about it, would teach me uh, on the ways of photography and such. Christmas Eve, my mom and my stepfather came over and he started uh, talking in short sentences. And he said, well, you know, here's what happened. We went over it. We didn't care about that one that you talked about, the flea market. We found another place, and then we found this photography equipment. And I'm sitting here, why is he talking to me? You know, for Christmas, kind of be a surprise. I hadn't said anything for about a month or so. He says, we found this stuff, and then when we brought it home, and we, we brought it out, and uh, we bought it sight unseen, and it's broken. And so uh, there are pieces that are shattered, and uh, there are, you know, things that, um, plates that leak and things like that. And so uh, chemicals aren't right, and so it's just a broken set. And we went back to that place that you recommended, and they've already sold their stuff. So, um, look, uh, we don't want you to be surprised tomorrow, but you're just not going to get anything. So I'm sitting there on Christmas Eve realizing that my stepfather has just said, you're not going to get anything for us as a main present for Christmas. And I'm probably, I don't know, 13 and a half, 14. And I'm stunned. He goes, so don't go start crying whenever it comes around that you're not getting it. And I'm just absolutely speechless because I had been promised, you know, my mom kept saying, oh, you know, you just wait. This will be a high point, you know, of us all adjusting into the area on the Eastern Shore. And, you know, the promise was broken. I was just absolutely shocked and just thought, you know, even if it was just a small present, even if you could say we substituted, but it really did happen. You know, in our family, you would have these small, uh, what would you say, ancillary gifts, these small other gifts from from other siblings and such, but you had the, quote, main gift from the folks. So I went that year without one, and I just remember how broken I was and uh, just how hurt because there was not a fulfillment of a promise that had been promised for weeks. And I looked there now, eh, there's no bitterness or anything like that now, but it does come when I was just shocked that parents would lie, that parents would lie. And we were always get, already getting over the shock of my dad who had promised fidelity to my mom and everything had walked out on our family and then it had this. And I started to go into uh, years of not trusting anybody, just not caring anymore. And, uh, and and that was one thing because, but you made a promise. You made a promise and you did. And then I look at this and then after I first got saved, the question was, but how can I trust the Lord? How can I make sure that the Lord is going to be honest 
about his words? Well, because he says so. And he's so committed to it, he puts it in writing. Hey, you know something? There's a lot of things that I that I have put my signature to in a contract and others have, and they've committed whether they like it or not. They have committed to it. Our Lord loves to make this commitment. Think of all the things he said in the promise of heaven, the preparation for heaven, these promises. I go way back to Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20. I'm going to send an angel before you to keep you along the way to bring you a place that I've prepared. Look, I have prepared, I have prepared a place for you. This is written. I'm not lying to you. Titus 1, 2, God who cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 18, uh, it's impossible for God to lie. He's prepared for the children here. But then we continue on. What does it say in Mark chapter 10 and verse 40? The, the honor, the wonders, the designations have been prepared by the Father. What a wonderful thing. In a place of honor to you, Christian, he's prepared it. This is in writing. What does he say? Jesus himself says, John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, I go to prepare a place for you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, we can't even imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Matthew 25, verse 34, go into, enter the joy of the Lord, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Am I concerned that this promise, that God has just flippantly given this promise? My friend, he's given it since the foundation of the world. That's really airtight. Hebrews chapter 11. We start looking at what is being prepared in Hebrews chapter 11. And it tells us in verse 16 that he's prepared a city for the beloved. I love this. Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then we think about what John 20 in verse 31 says. When we're talking about salvation and the, the, the promise of it, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. That's a promise. You're going to have life through the name of Jesus. Not just a social walk, not just a bumper sticker of a label in your life. You're going to have life now, more abundantly overflowing, John 10, 10, because you're having life through his name and the life and beyond. Because why? John chapter 6, verse 40. The believers, those who have believers uh, that are believers in him, that have belief in him, you're going to have everlasting life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17, what's it say? You will always be with the Lord. That's a promise. <laughs> we, we think about this, we've, we've shared this so many times on this podcast and others. I mean, remember Romans 10, 13? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. John three sixteen. what does Jesus say? God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's a promise. Revelation 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm standing at the door of your life. If anyone will open up the door, I will come in. That's a promise. I looked in the scripture between the word promise and promises. 
We see it in one translation over 63 times in the Bible. That's almost one per book. And what we see is a majority of the time it's talking about the blessings beyond this life. This is a pretty serious word, the promise of God. So I want to bring this to you as you put trust in him, you're trusting in his promise. And God, who cannot lie, gives you this promise of eternal life. So as we look at those joys of heaven, we know that as those are sitting there, we have an ironclad written agreement, and it's called the Bible, it's something we can trust. Thank you, God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon, friends. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.